Welcome to RCV Clips, short recordings and interviews designed to introduce listeners to helpful tools and brief explanations about ranked choice voting and how this voting method works. These clips are produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, a compilation of best practices and first-hand experiences from jurisdictions that have used ranked choice voting, also known as RCV. The website, www.rankedchoicevoting.org, and the overall project serve as resources for election administrators, voters, policymakers, candidates, and for anyone who wants to learn more about ranked choice voting. We are not advocacy-focused. Rather, we aim to provide resources that allow jurisdictions to implement RCV effectively and efficiently. The RCV Resource Center team is comprised of former election administrators who have conducted statewide, municipal, and district RCV elections. Welcome to the April 2019 episode of RCV Clips. I'm Rosemary Blizzard, a member of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center team. RCV Clips has been a monthly podcast for over a year now, yet we realized that we've never heard directly from the voters. We kept trying to think of the best approach for such an episode. We hope you like the end result, a merging of the usability study from the Center for Civic Design with firsthand accounts from two voters in Maine, Donna and John. And now for this month's RCV clip. Over the past three years, the Center for Civic Design partnered with the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center and FairVote to research best practices for designing ranked choice voting materials, including ballot design, voter education, and results presentation. The two reports coming out of that study, best practices for ranked choice voting ballots and other materials, and recommendations for introducing ranked choice voting ballots are available at rankedchoicevoting.org. The reports are based upon a number of studies, including a large-scale mock election study in Denver and a smaller-scale study of participants in the Maine primary election of 2018. The two voters we spoke with for this episode were not part of either study and offer their perspective based solely on their voting experience in the June 2018 primary and November 2018 general elections held in Maine. To be honest, on the day of the election, I'd kind of forgotten about it. (laughs) So (laughs) when I showed up at the polling place and saw that the ballot looked different, you know, it's kind of like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) That's Donna from Cape Elizabeth, Maine. She's now retired, but at the time of the primary and the general election, She described herself as having a pretty hectic schedule and working more than 40 hours per week in 2018. Prior to the primary, she had never voted in a ranked choice voting election. The usability studies found that voters are confident using all ballot layouts, but had strong preferences for the number of candidates to rank. John, a pilot who resides in Manchester, Maine, seemed to agree. I ranked, uh, I believe we had five in the primary, so I did rank uh, all of them. And for the general election, I believe I only did one. Um, for No, I'm sorry, I did two. I did two. Donna was also at ease with the ballot layout. Mm-hmm. I was thrilled uh, by the way that the ballot was laid out and just how simple it was. I mean, I think, you know, I've since heard people make the point that we make a lot of ranked choice type decisions in our lives, you know, choosing our favorite thing, our next favorite thing, and then the and then the next. And mm-hmm. um, it really was just that simple. And um, I really appreciated the way the ballot was laid out. And um, I felt like it gave me a little bit more power. 
Neither John nor Donna have been active in any of the grassroots or political efforts for ranked choice voting, yet benefited from another finding in the usability study, which is to include both the concept and the mechanics in voter education and outreach campaigns, so voters learn how ranking works and how to mark their ballot. Uh, there was, uh, to my understanding, educational materials uh, on the state website uh, at the voting booth as well. And uh, it seemed to me, just in looking at the ballot, that it was pretty easy to, to navigate how it would work. You know, just to, uh, to place in your, you know, your choice uh, in, in terms of their ranking. Um, it may not have been entirely clear what would happen to those tallies afterwards, but it was very clear in terms of the process how to uh, vote for, you know, your first choice, second choice, and that kind of thing. It didn't seem very confusing at all as to how that worked. At the time of the election, I was working uh, probably, you know, 50 to 60 hours a week. And, you know, while I might have had access to information, um, I wasn't following it closely, so there wasn't any kind of um, supporting information that kind of helped me get through the voting process. Um, like I said, it was just so incredibly simple and intuitive. I think for me, um, much support around it would have created perhaps a bit more confusion. It might have um, reinforced my concern about complexity um, because it was just, um, just so simple and just that, that easy a process. The usability study also suggested that a large change in election processes, like introducing ranked choice voting as Maine did this past year, means explaining why the new voting method has been introduced and helping voters learn how to mark their ballot correctly. John noticed that Maine's Secretary of State's office took particular effort in its outreach campaign. As far as using the ballot itself, I, I give high marks to the Secretary of State for designing good ballot and having the information, um, educational materials, perhaps on the state website as well as in the voting booth itself um, is, uh, I think, all the information that we really need. It's, it's really, really pretty simple to use. Um, and as we use it more, uh, I think that people will just become more and more used to how this process works as opposed to, you know, it's, just, it's a matter of getting used to it. Uh, but considering that this was our first time, both in the primary and in general election, it seemed to have gone very smooth, in my opinion. Donna had some concerns about complexity, but in the end felt the state's straightforward outreach campaign helped her understand RCV, rather than a more complex campaign making RCV appear to be a difficult process. It's so true. You know, I think sometimes, you know, when you when you look at the instruction manual for something and it's 40 pages long, you know, it's, it can be pretty daunting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? um, so I think just just having a process that was as clean and straightforward that didn't require any kind of um, supporting information was fantastic. John's experience went a step further. The outreach campaign ultimately gave him an understanding of the results process and confidence in what was taking place. I think in order for this to work, because of course, you know, you have the, what happened, you know, all the things that take place on, on the voting day, but then, you know, we have to trust that the process will, will take place correctly out, you know, behind the scenes after the, the votes are being tallied again, if there's not some kind of a runoff. As Maine goes forward with RCV, Donna and John see very little to be changed about the process. I was thrilled with the with the initial pass. I mean, I thought it was 
um, a very simple, easy to use process. It um, allayed any of the concerns that I might have had around complexity for Rancho Sporting. And so I'd say, I, I think it's working really well. Uh, I'll leave it to others to see, um, you know, kind of test user experience and, and see if others had um, a similar response. But I can tell you in the circle that I travel in, friends, family, um, you know, people that I volunteer with, um, they're, um, I think to a person, I've heard nothing but positive things about ranked choice voting. I liked it. I felt like it was very positive. Um, I wish that we could do this in, in the presidential uh, campaigns as well, um, or elections. And um, it, uh, it, it's good to know that we can put support to perhaps a third party candidate uh, without feeling as though we're um, throwing away a vote and uh, alleviates the need to kind of hold your nose and vote for the least worst person. And if for nothing else, I mean, it makes the, you know, uh, I think it brings more substance to the debate process. Mm -hmm. And those candidates know that, you know, even uh, if they don't win, they, they still might get um, a sizable portion of the vote to, um, to make their viewpoint heard and to give them a chance in, in later elections as well. All the usability best practice and findings, including responses from study participants, can be found at rankchoicevoting.org slash usability. And now, here's Gary Bartlett, our Executive Director, with this month's final round, where we share an interesting bit of trivia, useful tidbit, or just something we thought was cool for folks to know about ranked choice voting. Did you know that in 2010, North Carolina brought back the statewide use of RCV elections, last used in the early 1930s? A provision in North Carolina's election code allowed for RCV to be used in judicial vacancy elections when there was insufficient time to hold a primary and general election. With only 86 days before the general election, an opening on the state's Court of Appeals meant that the RCV voting method was administered across 100 counties with a total voting population of more than 6.2 million voters. The RCV election was audited as part of Canvas and followed by a recount. The winner was certified with no election protest or formal complaints. This standout moment by North Carolina makes it this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our April RCV clip. This is a monthly segment produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Follow us on Twitter at RCV Resources, on Facebook, and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. And check out our website, rankedchoicevoting.org, for more RCV resources. You can find our show anywhere you get podcasts. Please take some time to subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast, too. Our theme music is Flutterbee by Poddington Bear. Until next time, I'm Rosemary Blizzard on behalf of Gary Bartlett and the rest of my colleagues at the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. 